Hey everyone, thanks for listening. As we uh, start the new season, we have a new way to support the show, which is we started a Ko-Fi account, or Ko-Fi, I think is how you pronounce it, ko-fi.com slash probably shoulda. I will also link it in the show notes. Um, so we don't do uh, ads on the show uh, and we don't do subscriptions or anything like that. But uh, if you want to kick in a couple bucks one time, um, that will help offset uh, some of the costs of hosting the sound files and renting some of the movies. Um, and we will come up with something uh, to reward you, which will either be shouting you out on the show or uh, me sending you a PDF copy of the uh, comedic one-act play I wrote and directed my sophomore year in high school because it's terrible and embarrassing uh, to me uh, when people see it. Uh, so one of those. And, uh, you know, some people have asked, hey, how can I support the show? That would be one way to do it. Otherwise, keep listening. Keep enjoying the show. Keep telling your pals if you think they would enjoy the show. We are so grateful to all of you uh, because we love doing the show and we love the people enjoy listening to it. Thanks for listening. First, his dad split. Then, mom started dating. Can't resist a pretty girl. You know what I mean, buddy? I'm 11. I hate girls. I mean, he's so uncool. Did you know he actually irons his jeans? Now a stranger is moving in. Morning, Ben. Oh, mom. Ben said the thought of us being in the same bed would be psychologically damaging to him. This isn't so bad. Did he actually use those words? I can live with this. He's a very bright kid. There's only one way to get his life back to normal. My advice is to get rid of this guy. Yeah, but how do I do that? The Indian guides. This Indian guide thing could be the solution to my problem. Hey, how are you, Jack? When my daughter is a little older, um, inspired by this movie man of the house i'm gonna be like we're gonna hire a real life mexican to teach us how to do an authentic quinceanera uh and we're gonna fly you out <laughs> i would be gonna, so honored and there's gonna be a montage set to everybody dance now uh where like you're you're like teaching her how to put on the dress and you're like no again <laughs> like stuff like that yeah she's got to do like the whole dance with all of her yeah. friends and it's yeah. oh it'll, that's actually really cute i don't hate this idea okay i don't hate it because i feel like with you specifically it would be cultural appreciation right right <laughs> it wouldn't it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be horrifying to watch no and i don't think it would be uh underscored by everybody dance now i think it would be some like bitty bitty bomb bomb or something right yeah it should <laughs> be yeah it should be um should be tejana or something yes, yes. but like uh, our our version of everybody dance now is like como la floor <laughs> you know like <laughs> dumps out to down trodden hand dejected crest falling grief stricken and exhausted trapped in my room while the house was burning to the motherfucking ground Hey everybody, we are back 
we are so excited to welcome you to another season of this fucking show. <laughs> You're listening to Probably Should Have Known Better, celebrating comedy that has aged very poorly. My name's Tony Chinocchio, and I am here, uh, as always, <laughs> with... Oh, no. Just just uh, the, the sort of friend that... <laughs> is willing to step in and be like, I don't know if you should be doing all this Native American stuff. <laughs> Much like the, I think, unnamed black character in this movie. <laughs> no, his name is Monroe. Monroe, that's right. Okay, okay. Uh, Monroe, who has five lines. Uh, it's Nadia Vasquez. I am Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm so excited to talk about, I'm so excited about the season. All of it, just all of it, and friends, it's it's time to explain the rules of season five. <laughs> Everybody loves rules. Everybody loves rules. You know, we do a lot of mainstream comedies on here. Season three, oh my gosh, that was all box office juggernauts, right? Everything that landed in the top ten uh, of its respective box office here. Season four, we did every SNL film. We were like every, every, and we talked about the whole history of the show, which is, uh, I actually learned quite a bit, and uh, also it was horrifying. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, but season five, we're taking a little trip to a small hole in the wall studio in Burbank, California <laughs> called the Walt Disney Company. And you might be saying, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Tony and Nadia are going to do all the Disney cartoons. And we're not. No. Uh, <laughs> and, and we're not doing the live action remakes of those cartoons either. the remake. Now, the cartoons, there are some movies in those cartoons that would be perfect selections for this podcast. Of course. I, I will not dispute that. The live action ones, I just don't want to watch them. Like, yeah. I just don't want to watch live action Lion King with Donald Glover and, like, <laughs> Seth Rogen is Pumbaa or whatever. Um, I don't want to do watch Cruella, please. No, the accent <laughs> from, the accent on the trailer alone made me be like, but, never. But what about how in the first 10 minutes a Dalmatian shoots Cruella's mother with a gun? <laughs> I do love the memes. I do love a good, a good meme about a, a live action adaptation, but we're taking a different route. So we're doing the mid-tier live action family comedies of uh disney some of which were released like under the touchstone imprint um you know <laughs> these are these are movies that often were vehicles for their child stars to be kind of alongside a more established adult comedy star uh they were mostly in the 90s and 2000s kind of after disney enjoyed this huge commercial success with um, a lot of its animated films, and they are pretty uniformly, uh, if not outright terrible, definitely very uncomfortable to watch. Am I going to agree? Okay, so here's the deal. <laughs> Let me tell you about me. I grew up on most of these movies that we're going to yeah. be watching. I've seen a lot of these over and over and over and over. They are a big part of who I am and my personality. So it's very interesting to me revisiting them as an adult in a way I've never experienced on this podcast before. <laughs> it's and, very emotional for me sometimes. And also I realize that I am just kind of like a wholesome person that is like a little goth. Yeah. And I am not. I no. Am, I, I am not a wholesome person. And I think 
especially, I mean, this movie definitely, and a couple other movies that we have coming. I've I've watched the first few, and and we've got some bangers already planned. But um, <laughs> some of these movies are like unexpectedly horny for movies that star uh, 11 year olds. That (laughs) blue, I I mean, does it explain why I'm always horny all the time? (laughs) I don't know. Some of them are unexpectedly horny. Uh, Multiple of them, including this one, uh, seem to just grossly appropriate indigenous culture. So Um, horrible. And uh, in in ways that would clearly not be okay now. And then of course, we're also gonna talk about um, just the weird gendered family dynamics in these films and uh, more broadly the fact that most of the people who have starred in these films are now canceled. <laughs> yeah. So. The casts in general, super white, super um, Chevy Chase, that's all I gotta say. Super, very Chevy <laughs> Chase. And I think that, that brings us to today's selection, uh, which is a childhood favorite of Nadia's. Yes, I watched it probably a hundred times because I was obsessed with JTT. Yeah, yeah, and it's Man of the House from 1995, directed by James Orff, with an incredible cast that includes Farrah Fawcett, mm-hmm. uh, George Went of Cheers, who is also a Notre Dame graduate, by the way. Oh! Uh, yeah, uh, Chevy Chase, and of course, the most bankable of these four stars in 1995 by far, the notorious JTT himself. Oh, what a king! Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Uh, the the plot of this movie um, cannot be, I think, described. Like, it, it, you can't get the full grasp of it. It's streaming on Disney Plus if you really want to watch it. It's only 90 minutes. Uh, Which Chase, we love. We as a podcast, we love, do, love we, do, we do love a good, solid three-act structure. But it's not gonna go the way you think (laughs) (laughs) it's it's there's definitely some unexpected twists but chevy chase is a as you would expect united states attorney responsible (laughs) for prosecuting the italian american organized crime family in tacoma washington and so he uh he uh is dating farrah fawcett and somehow and somehow and is about to move in with her uh, and Farrah Fawcett has a child from a previous marriage, played by Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Um, JTT uh, is not interested in having Chevy Chase move into his household. And so what you think is going to happen for the beginning, you know, the first 30 minutes of the movie is there's going to be kind of a how to lose a guy in 10 days <laughs> sort of dynamic where JTT is going to prank his way out of this one. Um, and by just repeatedly cock-blocking Chevy Chase. I feel like that that would be a Steve Martin vehicle, not a Chevy Chase vehicle, if they went right. the prank direction. Right, would uh, would drive him out of the house. And instead what happens is he <laughs> takes a more subtle route by convincing Chevy Chase to join, join him uh, and join a, a father-son group called the Indian Guides, which is a real fucking thing, by the way, from like... It's from the YMCA. uh, Yeah, I remember groups like this when I was in grade school. Um, So this group run by George Went. It's all white dudes wearing headdresses. (laughs) It's really not okay. Uh, It gets less okay as it goes in. So then you're like, okay, so this is going to be about how they bond uh, by being Indians. (laughs) Except not. 
And then, uh, and then that's not what happens because the fucking mob comes <laughs> and tries to kill everyone. And this is where there was misrepresentation about natives, and now there's misrepresentation about Italians. And we all know which is the more egregious of the two, and we're not going to say it out loud because you guys know. Long-time listeners of the pods are well, mad we haven't said Italian X yet. Italian X. And and uh, so this was my first time seeing this film. I, I knew about the film. Like, I remember oh. I remember seeing, like, the trailer for this, this movie, like, on the beginning of some other VHS tape, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there are, but I did not expect uh, <laughs> any of this. I expected none of this at all. Um, the only thing I predicted correctly was, well, if JTT lives with his mom, I bet his dad is, his biological dad is still alive, but a deadbeat. Uh, and I was correct, because that's how these Disney movies work. Yes. The dads are, like, if it's a single parent household, it's because the dad is absent or the mom is dead. Like, that's a very weird gendered formula they stick to. Yeah, even in the animated stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, but the one rare exception, uh, where the mom is dead and the dad is a deadbeat is Angels in the Outfield, uh, which we will not, yeah, which we will not be watching for the podcast because for some reason it's illegal to watch it now. (laughs) It's impossible to find. I tried to, I tried to even rip it off of like a torrent thing just for us and it's impossible to get a legitimate file of it. It's like JGL was like never no uh no streaming no digital rental um there's one on youtube that's dubbed over in spanish uh i can watch it but i don't i can't watch it (laughs) (laughs) and so uh so and i'm not gonna buy the dvd so we're not doing angels in the outfield this year i know Uh, i'm i'm actually severely disappointed i think we should just cancel this season at this point incredible cast i really want to see that two academy award winners for best actor in, that in supporting roles in very small roles yeah um anyways we're getting off track yeah, yeah, we uh we got to talk about jtt just repeatedly cock blocking chevy chase um even though he recognizes his mom's sexual needs and acknowledges them explicitly in the first 20 minutes of the movie there, there's a lot going on i i you know this was at the height of jtt's popularity when yes. he was uh Starring alongside Enemy of the Podcast, Tim Allen. <laughs> I, I should say future Enemy of the Podcast, because we haven't covered his movies yet. But We'll get uh, there. We'll get there. Uh, but, yeah, so JTT was playing his son, and all the girls, including me, lo- and I'm sure some boys, that just, you know, they were too Yeah, it's cool, guys. It's cool. They, we support they, that. Yeah, They didn't know. Um <laughs> obsessed with JG. He was on every cover of J14, which I had, and like <laughs> posters all over my wall. Uh, and then of course he voiced Simba in The Lion King. Incredible actor. Looking at and, it now, what what a what a presence. And Sim and, and so The Lion King was the highest grossing film of 94. Home Improvement was the number one rated sitcom at various points in its run. Number one yeah. rated sitcom on television. So he absolutely ubiquitous um, actor. Yes. And yes. so, this but nobody was, watched it. <laughs> yeah. He. Yeah. Nobody saw this fucking movie. It was terribly reviewed. It had some of the movies that we will watch this season 
will be flops that have found a second life. This is not one of them. No. This had one life. It was very brief. It burned so brightly. <laughs> and yet, and yet uh, nobody saw it. Um, but, the, but like we said, Jonathan Taylor Thomas is the biggest star in this film by far. Mm-hmm. Like yes. Chevy Chase is past his prime. Yes. Um, George, you, I guess you could tell based on his performance that he really just was phoning it in. Based on the effort he was putting into his wow. performance. Wow, he went, like he's the silliness of anything that he's ever done was just gone. Yeah, like, like I mean, even comparing it to Three Amigos, which we just watched recently, right? Like just, he, he, this is lifeless. His his <laughs> deliveries his deliveries were throwaways in the way that's like, oh, that is funny. But if he, like, put a little more effort into the throwaway, it could have been a little better. <laughs> and I don't think it was a directing choice. Yeah, it was a, it was a Chevy Chase choice. It was a Chevy Chase choice. Um, a, a triple Fa- C. <laughs> Farrah Fawcett was most famous for a TV show that had been on 20 years earlier. George Wentz, I guess, Cheers had just gone off the air in, like, 93 so yeah. he's he still had a lot of cred, and also everybody liked him. Like so, also he did, he did a lot of theater around that time. Uh, yeah, he still he still does. He does an, an Easter play every year at the Ventura County Theater, and I saw it once, and he was great. That's he's he lives there. Did I just like dox him? No, no, no. That's <laughs> that's good. I was I was googling to see if he was still alive, and he is. Oh, he so, is. Yes, he's just you know old and sweet. Yeah. And he was um, probably the best part of this movie for me. Yeah, he was He was a very pleasant part of the movie, I think. He uh, really put he his was, whole heart and soul into it. He was more compelling than, I would say, the mobsters. <laughs> no. Tony, but, Murray, and what's this other guy's name? Bobby or something? It's, it's some shit like that. It's just <laughs> like, and I'm in no, like, look, I just watched fucking Sopranos prequel last night. Oh, nice. Like, uh, and it's not good, by the way. It's like, oh. it's... <laughs> It, it's good in the way that dumb things are like it was literally just it's like how marvel fans feel about everything like oh, it's yeah. like me being like oh cool there's silvio oh cool there's paulie oh cool at the end credits they play the sopranos theme song but that's not like it's not actually good as a as a movie yeah <laughs> um, yeah that's how i feel about most mcu but everyone knows yeah. this yes <laughs> uh so except for I, venom though is Venom, I hear Venom's legit. Well, because it's Tom Hardy, right? It's Tom Hardy, and also it's just, like, monster fucking, which is really yeah. fun. <laughs> it's just over the top. Eminem does the Eminem. By the way, Eminem, congrats on congrats your restaurant. Congrats on your restaurant, dude. We're so happy for I'm you. so proud of you, bud. I love that in every PR photo, you look like you're terrified, like you woke up in the restaurant. <laughs> He's so upset. <laughs> <laughs> But we digress again we're, we're because I think off. we're holding we're holding we're, off. We don't want to talk about this. Uh, we we really don't. Uh, what about 1995? Can we talk about 1995? I, you know what? I would love to talk to you about 1995. So why don't you go ahead and listen to our "While You Were Sleeping" episode because I covered it already. <laughs> okay. I also covered some also uh, some history of mental health up until 1995 and a little after in our Stuart Saves His Family episode. So I thought, what can I what could I look up that is relevant <laughs> to this? And so I thought, uh, I want to go into uh, Native representation in media and see why this exists. <laughs> because this, this really, 
this really goes into some interesting stereotypes just in this movie. But I thought, let's look at all of indigenous history. Um, Obviously, we all know this. Famously, indigenous people were featured in old westerns, usually (laughs) as villains, not uh, played by indigenous people, but by white people in brown face for the most part, or Italians. Yeah, well, yes. I mean, we come through when we have to, but the <laughs> uh, the only good depiction, of course, uh, is Mel Brooks in brown face and blazing saddles, but he's speaking Yiddish the whole time. Yes, that's the only one that gets a pass. <laughs> um, but the that was the beginning of a stereotype that is uh, basically like the warrior. Yeah. for indigenous people unfortunately that started very early on in like cinema hasn't really been around for that long right so that's that's a very interesting thing that to start with but you know they went they ran really hard with that until the 1970s and there was a movie called little big man that came out that switched the narrative the main character was a native person and the bad guys were the cowboys huge it was like a huge turn it on its head kind of situation there was a canadian actor as its star his name was chief dan george and he was nominated for an oscar for best supporting actor for his role he didn't win probably i should say obviously but throughout (laughs) this started a new genre called revisionist westerns revisionist westerns to be honest with you, are not as popular as just regular Westerns. But I think it's because white people love Westerns, and I don't yeah. think they want to be the bad guys. <laughs> um, but aside from Westerns, I, I looked up just general representation of the Native people, and it's almostly an animation. And the mo- most popular is, unfortunately, 1953's Peter Pan. <laughs> <laughs> that and and guys if we had made the decision to do animated films this season that would have been episode one a hundred percent right now there is an unskippable disclaimer before you watch peter pan on disney plus where they're basically like hey we know this is fun look, look we know <laughs> so that's good i guess but you know they were doing the best they can but disney is a really big part of the stereotypes that have been created around native people so it's just interesting that this is just another part of their canon that adds a little more um so the other animated tales that featured native people included pocahontas brother Mm -hmm. bear and spirit stallion of the cimarron and i think that was dreamworks um but they relied heavily on native stereotypes as well pocahontas famously shows the trope of a native woman falling for or being lured by a white male and in this case it was voiced by the it was was mel gibson (laughs) and eventually she helps them she joins them in furthering the colonial cause of civilizing the indigenous people in the case of that movie it's her love for john smith stops them from murdering his entire people uh because they're in love which is revisionist uh inac- it's just inaccurate yeah it's, it's it's fucked up and also they probably should have added like one more song to that movie i do think pocahontas was like too short but <laughs> Dude, also I... the also the racism also the racism. also the racism also that soundtrack is amazing the song savages gets me fucking pumped it is it is a good song and uh uh in in future uh in a future episode we will be talking about disney voice acting mvp david ogden styers who oh, yeah. uh 
who is Governor Radcliffe and Pocahontas, among other um, among other roles. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, Savages is good. Colors of the Wind. But they cut If I Never Knew You um, yes. from the body of the movie, which, you know, I'm just saying, if you put that in, it's a better movie, but still extremely racist. <laughs> <laughs> also, Just Around the River Bend is also a banger. But uh, yeah. in addition to that, Brother Bear is a new stereotype that Disney introduced, which is all of their non-white characters transforming into animals and staying that way for the majority of the film. <laughs> so, and that and that we saw that, even in Pixar's Soul. Where, I was about to say, that happens in Soul. <laughs> yeah, and it's a, it's a thing. And people were calling it out somewhat recently because of Soul. And to look back on the history of it, it's like, oh yeah, this like it was like Brother Bear as well. Oh God, there's a lot of stuff. But um, over the years, Disney has done a little bit better with movies like Lilo and Stitch and Moana, which feature traditional dancing and music portrayed by actual, and they cast actual indigenous islanders to play the characters, which is really, really good. But Hollywood just still has a very long way to go. Native people make up of 0.6% of the American film canon. And like, I didn't even look into Canada or Mexico because that in its own way is also really wild. Um, So in recent history, we got 2015, Netflix made a movie called The Ridiculous Six with Adam Sandler. (laughs) The Adam Sandler vehicle, yeah. Which like, yeah. didn't now hang on let me see if i remember this this like the sensitivity director or whatever like walked off the set or something well they had a they had real native people on set because they were like if we're gonna do a western we got to do it right Uh however the script was really shitty and so a dozen or so of them left they like walked off the set and netflix responded by being like listen this movie is satirical the cast was in on the joke these guys just have a bad sense of humor so they were just gaslighting everybody so yeah good save right and uh... (laughs) and you know Uh, again it was like a, a comedy western it's horrible a comedy western and then you're thinking like okay well what about like sitcoms oh don't worry because that's where tina fey comes in because we have a whole <laughs> subplot in the unbreakable Kimmy schmidt where jane krakowski's character is of the lakota tribe and they cast actual native actors to be her parents but she is the one who like represents the tribe and that sucks <laughs> yeah um like and i you know unbreakable Kimmy schmidt had some uh, moments that were unbelievably funny yes but uh tina fey uh when she writes about race uh she, she really goes for really it really <laughs> go for it <laughs> but she's greek so it's fine <laughs> um but i mean i can't talk about native misrepresentation in the media without mentioning one of the best and greatest franchises that has ever rocked our globe which is the twilight franchise i just love them like we're not joking here those are some of the best movies ever made they're the best movies like are they good movies no no no, but are they good but are they good yes yes they so are okay so i would i would sit down and watch new moon right now i would too yeah oh bella where have you been loca yeah just the 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 
when New Moon, for those of you that haven't seen it, uh, is the one where Edward leaves her and Mm -hmm. she starts to get uh, Bella the Kristen Stewart character starts to get horny for Jacob but she she also has a death wish because Edward has left her so she starts like jumping off cliffs and riding motorcycles and every time she does that a spectral ghost of Edward appears <laughs> and is like don't do this Bella and you it is so fucking funny it's I'm sorry so good. some of the best comedy produced uh in my lifetime Yes, absolutely agree with you 100%. And I got so fascinated by all of this that I actually read a whole book about Twilight and the and the indigenous representation. And I had to like really narrow it down because our podcast is a lot shorter than this book would allow me to talk about. <laughs> but it in the scholarship of Native people, when they talk about how they themselves are represented in American media specifically, uh, they look for four things that the characters do, which is dancing, drumming, if they're drunk or if they're dead. Okay. Which does not happen in Twilight. So that's that's, true. Hu- that's fucking huge. And so then they think of, they look at how they're dressed. If the characters are have are wearing beads, braids, or buckskin, that is a stereotype. None of these characters do. Interesting, yeah. Stephanie Meyer. Could you be part of correcting the american like view of indigenous people no and she's yeah <laughs> she's done so much for gender relations anyway so this oh yeah, is yeah, really... yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no stephanie meyer a, a white mormon who loves yeah. lincoln park uh she goes headfirst into the one of the worst tropes which is the magical indian trope yeah, by having yeah. her in they're, they're skinwalkers Basically, yeah. They're, yeah. Her indigenous characters are named after a real tribe that exists in Washington, the Quillet, the Quillet people. But she turns them into magical werewolves that can read each other's mind, uh, produce <laughs> high body heat, and have fast healing powers. And that, like, totally cancels it out. Like, everyone's really pissed about that. And Jacob Black himself as a character falls into the romantic savage trope, which mm-hmm. is... Uh, this the book that I read is called The Great American Love Affair: Indians in the Twilight Saga by okay. Brianna Burke. It's incredible. She says, "Quote: Jacob is a lost soul caught between the pressures of civilization and tradition. He is passionate, always attractive, at one with nature, and still, if threatened, capable of savage violence." So that sucks. <laughs> that does suck. But and again, I listeners, you gotta check this movie out there's a scene where jacob is talking to bella's dad charlie mm-hmm, he's got, mm-hmm. got the mustache and he's like he's like charlie i need to show you something meaning like he's going to transform and show charlie he's a werewolf it's like i need to sh-. And he's saying i need to show you something as he's taking his pants off it's <laughs> the funniest scene it's so good and charlie is also a dilf if i've ever seen one it's just <laughs> such a it's such a great movie. It is. It is a good movie. When when <laughs> when Belle is just sitting in a room by herself and the camera's doing the three sixty pan around her yeah. as that like fucking uh, Haley Williams tune is playing or whatever. I think it's like Bony Bear or something. It's something like that, and yeah. and like months are passing. It's so good, guys. It's, it's so, so good. good. Watch that. But I, I I I would be remiss if I didn't talk about actual great representation of Native people before we move on to talking about the movie that we're talking about today. Um, so there are some stuff. There are some things on Netflix that you can check out right now. 
One is called Basketball or Nothing, which is a docu-series about some native kids in a high school that are making it to like a huge national basketball championship. It's supposed to be really good and cute. Uh, there's also a drama called The Body Remembers When the World Broke Open, and that has all Native people in the cast. There's another movie called Cousins. I don't know much about it, but it's uh, created by Native people and starring Native people, and that's all on Netflix. And then Reservation Dogs, a personal favorite of mine, is so good. It's on Hulu. I, I've heard it's really good. I have not had a chance to watch it yet. I think it's really wonderful. It's more of a dramedy, but it's very sweet. Um, okay. And then there's, of course, Rutherford Falls on Peacock. I couldn't get into it because I just don't like Ed Helms. But that's it's, that's my problem. Okay. <laughs> um, but there's also a kids show on PBS, which is huge, called Molly of Denali. And that okay. is really sweet. So kids can get a good head start on seeing Native people in like a positive okay. way. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, well, we were talking about Twilight set in Washington State, but you know what else is set in Washington State? So, uh, man of the house. Um, so, look, the thing about... <laughs> we never want to start out by being like, look, but we have to today. All these movies, right, is like, they're for children, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, and we've watched some children's movies before. We watched Home Alone, which I think, like, works you know, pretty well as a children's movie. We've watched Shark Tale. We know how we feel about Shark Tale. And oh, then you mean we love Shark Tale. <laughs> and and like that even if I evaluate this as this is something for children, I feel like this is a bad movie for children. Yeah. <laughs> it's very horny. It's but okay, well let's talk about the let's talk about the fucking horniness. It's very horny at the start. It's like yeah. jumping into horny I mean, look, most of the girls that are watching this are like between the ages of seven and twelve and they're horny for JTT. We don't, and they need don't to even, watch they don't know what horny is. They, they don't, don't. They're just it. like, he's so cute, he makes me feel like you know, like yeah, that's right. <laughs> But little do they know that that's what Chevy Chase is feeling for Farrah Fawcett. Right. And it's and creepy. So, and so, like, okay, so Jonathan Taylor Thomas does the opening voiceover, and I think the first line is, five years ago, my dad left with his secretary. Like, okay, we didn't need all of that. But um, yeah. so he and his mom have moved to a loft in uh, Seattle, and it's already kind of twee, treatly horse shit in terms of the soundtrack and the um, narration. Uh, and... Uh, you know, he says, eventually mom started dating again. They never lasted long. Uh, it was really just the two of us. I liked it that way, which is mm. maybe my brain is just poison, but that is gross. <laughs> um, well, um, there's like a lot of mommy stuff in here. Yeah. Yeah. It's an extremely Oedipal film. <laughs> I don't like it. It's. <laughs> It's so crazy. Also, coupled with JTT's voice being like small and raspy, yes. and the way that he delivers lines sometimes made me kind of be like, oh no. He sounds like the woman in Chasing Amy. He sounds like <laughs> Joey Lauren Adams. He does, he does. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, it, it's, so there's that. And then the other thing is, you know, it, it, the inciting incident in this movie is his mom is telling him like, look, I'm dating this guy and he's gonna move in with me and jonathan taylor thomas says this is all about sex isn't it women reach their sexual peak in their 30s i learned that from watching donahue uh and uh it's just like it's weird to have jtt whose character is 11 
mm-hmm. going like, Mom, I know that you're desperate for cock. I know that. <laughs> when you're in your 30s, you're horny all the time. You're horny all the time. It's like but... there's like a wet floor sign on you all the time. <laughs> I keep slipping in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Boy, I thought what? I was going to be the gross one today. Why uh, am I at my best comedy-wise when it's about being horny? <laughs> about being horny. Um, so, in any event, um, so, you know, I guess we, we take away from this that JTT and Farrah Fawcett have a very close relationship. Yeah, yeah, pretty um, close. When he's very smart and precocious and he, yes. likes, he likes to learn. Yes. Which, which plays an important part later. And he, um, uh, it's interesting, his wardrobe choices, I think, are very interesting, but probably, I think, consistent with Pacific Northwest kid in the mid-90s. Yeah, um, he's got a, he's got, like, the, the weed guy shirt. He's got the tie-dye short-sleeve hoodies. Yeah. Uh, the pendants, he's got a lot of pendants. Yeah. Uh, and some, some rollerblades. Uh, and this is, you know, this is like four years after, uh, kind of grunge peaked, I think. So, uh, yeah, he would like, he would totally be in the cast of Brink. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, we're also introduced to Chevy Chase's character, yes. um, who, uh, we see him in court because again, he is a United States attorney. Believable. Uh, very believable role for him. And he is, uh, in the process of putting away, uh, a mob, uh, a mafia don um, for the rest of his life. Uh, so you can see uh, that the <laughs> other capos in the crime family are like being like, we need to, fu-. they're going to put out a hit on Chevy Chase. Like that's basically established yeah. very quickly. The other thing is that you're thinking, okay, how does Farrah Fawcett, who's an artist, meet somebody like Chevy Chase? Well, like most artists, she needs to have a day job and she is a court illustrator i don't know what they're called and oh she, I, okay yeah she's like the she does the sketches yeah she does the sketches and so i'm sure that that's how they met which you're like wh- why would she be into somebody like him but i guess he is a very powerful man and he does good things so right. in this is the way that disney i think is justifying chevy chase being involved with her at all right he he's uh, a good man he does good things for good people and he puts bad people away Right, and this was 1995. We thought prosecutors were good uh, at this point. (laughs) And Italians were bad. And Italians were bad, right. It's a different era now. And so, (laughs) um, so, uh, you know, then uh, Chevy Chase moves in. Like, that happens fairly quickly in the film. And there's just, there's a lot of JTT walking around hoping he catches his mom sucking off Chevy Chase. (laughs) Yeah, he booby traps Chevy Chase by putting a skateboard outside of his mom's room and then convincing her that it would cause him psychological damage if they slept in the same room together. So he had to sleep out in the living room. And then while he was horny for Farrah Fawcett, he wanted to sneak in to, like, do it. And then he trips on the skateboard. Yeah. And JTT is like, what's going on here? And he's like rubbing his eggs evilly, right? <laughs> and did I say, what did I say? Did you I say ants? Rubbing his eggs. <laughs> Why the fuck did I say eggs? I don't know, but in Spanish, oh. in Spanish, eggs is huevos, which also means balls. So I like, if my brain went somewhere, I didn't want it to go. 
<laughs> oh, you know why? Because the next scene, Chevy Chase is making X Benedict. <laughs> <laughs> I skipped my. I skipped ahead in my notes. Tony, we're only one episode in. We can't just, be doing this. Just, ima- just imagine, like, uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas is, like, looking down from the balcony of this loft apartment. He's holding two hard-boiled eggs, and he's, like, <laughs> moving them around in his hand like those Chinese stress balls and, like, <laughs> nodding and going, good, good. You know the other thing about this, that, that loft itself? There was a line at the beginning when they move in where he's like, it's pretty gross. And it's like this beautiful loft. The nice, it, nicer than any place I've ever lived. <laughs> it's like the classism. But anyway. Like in the, in the heart of downtown Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's just so much about this movie. We can't even de- get into like the super detail of it because we'd be here forever. But yeah. the, the, the next scene is Chevy Chase trying... He's read a bunch of books about being a step-parent. And part of one of the books tells him basically to win him over. So he starts doing this very elaborate eggs benedict with caviar breakfast for this child who lives in downtown Seattle who wears fucking what the weed man wears. Like, (laughs) and JTT is not having it. He just usually eats his granola and some yogurt and like, He's so rude to Chevy Chase, who is making a huge mess in the kitchen, who, like, doesn't know how to put on the cover of a blender. Right. There's a lot going on. Yeah. So it's it, so it, it falls flat, right? Because JTT's not having it. He's just going to ice out Chevy every time, every chance he gets. And then um, he goes to school and he uh, talks to his black friend uh, and he, cause he has one. <laughs> Because one, I got to point out something that got me very, very excited. The cherry Coke that Monroe is drinking is in the purple can. And you know that that cherry Coke was the best Coke that has ever existed in the world. That's ever coked. Um, <laughs> so he and his he and his friend um, fight, like run into a kid that's been shoved into a locker. Oh, they, little Norman. Little Norm. They break the kid out of the locker. And they're like, why, why are you getting shoved in lockers, man? And he's like, because uh, people hate me because I dress like a Native American. No, I'm white. You know what would have been really funny if the bullies were Native Americans? That would be but hilarious. That yes. would have been way better, but they were white kids. But yeah, he was wearing a vest that had all these cute little beads on it. And he was this like tiny, soft-spoken boy that I've never seen before. Yeah. And uh, he's like, yeah, it's this father and son club at the Y. Here, here's a brochure about it. And JTT <laughs> opens it, and it says that they play games like potato bowling, grapefruit pass, scrambled moccasins, toss the cantaloupe, and pick up celery sticks. And JTT's like, this is it. This is what it's got. I'm going to trick Chevy Chase into being racist, which... <laughs> In retrospect, no one has to trick him. Not, no, it's not hard. It's not hard at all. Uh, it's. Uh, I just think about. I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but Papa John, how you know he got he got fired for saying the N word on a conference call, and his defense was somebody tricked me into saying it. I'm like, what could what could that trick possibly have been? <laughs> It was JTT. JTT's <laughs> on the board of Papa John's. We 
<laughs> he, like, left acting so that he could get into the pizza business. It's time to take Papa John out once and for all. I'm going to man of the house him. And then every <laughs> everybody around JTC is like, what the fuck are you talking about? What's man of the house? Do you mean that movie from 2005 with Tommy Lee Jones and Christina Milian? And then JTT would have to be like, no, there was a different movie called Man of the House, and I was in it ten years earlier. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, we have no confirmation whether or not JTT and Papa John even know each other. So, so they probably do. <laughs> um, so anyway, the, the point is, the point is, JTT is like, I'm going to make Chevy Chase join this group with me. And he's going to he's going to hate it so much that he's going to leave my cock starved mom. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't ever say cock-starved mom ever again. And then it'll finally just be the two of us. Let me get out those eggs and rub them again. And so... (laughs) And so... uh, So this is... um, This is not a great plan, I think, in terms of how well thought out it is. But it is a plan. And he's 11. And... (laughs) (laughs) So, so uh, yeah, so uh, they go for it, uh, and so they go to the first meeting, and we meet George Went, who is Norm's, the little uh, bullied kid's dad, is George Went. And George Don't get Wendt, confused, because his character from George, is named Norm. Famously played Norm. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so George Went is there, full headdress, it's not okay. Mm-mm. And, uh, you like know, that. they're just kind of... Uh, it's, you know, it's like every DSA meeting I've been to. There is one parliamentary procedure nerd, right? <laughs> I've never been to a DSA meeting and now I don't want to go. <laughs> there's one parliamentary procedure nerd who's like, uh, point of order. And then there's one guy who's super into mime. And that's what we have. <laughs> I'm, I love the clown guy. I love what? the clown guy. Silent it, Thunder, I love him. It comes out of nowhere. Well, listen, I'm thinking that somebody in the casting office at Disney was like, you know what? I saw this clown and he's amazing and I think he needs to be in a movie. And they like couldn't cast him for the life of them for a really long time. And then they're like, you know what he'd be perfect for? The JTT vehicle. And then they brought him in as like a really cute, sweet dad who doesn't speak, who has a really sweet, doting, loving son. And he just gets to do a bunch of weird clowning. Gets to gets to do some uh, some flipping his hat around. He gets to do mm-hmm. some uh, some kind of like his arm and his leg is tied together type stuff. You know, <laughs> mime. Uh, yeah, it's cute. I know that that is a little too whimsical, possibly like Shark Tale whimsy level for yeah, you. Yeah, for, for my heart of stone. Yeah. <laughs> A cement block in your chest, <laughs> but, but I loved it. I thought it was really cute, and I feel like there was a kid out there who was really inspired by this movie and is now a clown. <laughs> yeah, so good for you, kid. Um, so uh, basically, they sign up for the uh, camping trip. Um, but and... before that, they give each other point of order. Oh they yes, give each other their names, <laughs> their nicknames. That's right. And guys, yeah. I remember this from the fucking trailer of me too. <laughs> That came out, what, like 30 years ago? 20, yes! 25 years ago. Um, and Chevy Chase decides to name Jonathan Taylor Thomas Little Wing. And Jonathan Taylor Thomas, like, glares at it. And you see that evil glint in his eyes. 
And he's like, how about squatting dog? And he's like, didn't you, like, isn't there something better than that? And he, what about, did you have, like, a pet that you ha- that you liked? And he's like, I had a squirrel named Num Nuts. Yes. And that's what I remember from the trailer. Yes. Uh, so that's, uh, that's a little laugh line there for the kids. That's one for the kids. Kids love hearing Num Nuts. Um, so I did. They do, they do the camping trip. Um, there is some commentary from JTT's black friend. Specifically, the quote is, I'll never understand why you white people like to sleep outside on the ground. You'll never catch no brothers doing that. Yeah. I, I honestly agree with the white people love to camp. White, white people do. You know who loves to camp? Um, you. No, my wife. You know who no hates way! To camp? My wife. You know who hates to camp? Me. Uh, so my <laughs> wife, uh, and the meatball go camping with, uh, with her side of the family. And I stay like the last time they did that, I stayed home and watched the ladies man and it's cat. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm with you. I don't want to be outside. I don't like bugs. I don't li- I have a bed. Why would I sleep anywhere else? Yeah. You may not have been able to, uh, tell this listeners by the fact that we have a podcast in the first place, but we're indoor people. <laughs> i am a big indoor person all of my friends are in my computer was, yes was, <laughs> so so they go to the they go to the um camping trip which is just in george went's backyard and like um uh chevy chase again he's trying so hard he like rents full indigenous regalia to wear <laughs> To the kid, which what did the rental shop think? Uh, right. Like, yeah, like just to wear to that, which it's just I don't know. It's kind of horrifying. I mean, listen, the rental shop if they had that specific garb, they probably also have like Nazi costumes. You know what That's I mean? True. Yes, it's it's fine. <laughs> and they're like, this is it's honestly just, this is the least offensive thing that we have. So congrats. <laughs> um, but and, yeah, they they it's very cute because everyone's in just normal people clothes and yes. he just looks down at everybody in down in the yard and like is mortified. And it's it's a great moment uh because JTT is like, I'm sorry, I, I didn't know. I didn't yeah. I guess I misunderstood. <laughs> and then JTT also paints his face with some war paint, which and, Yeah, not good. Uh, but it's it's a prank on JTT's part because he knows it's gonna irritate Chevy Chase's skin. Um, and so he draws a happy face on his forehead. On his forehead, yes. But the the real thing that I have a problem with here, and you can oh. you can probably guess where I'm going. The mob shows up <laughs> like they're gonna take the shot at this picnic, just in front of twenty witnesses that are children. That yeah, and children, like. Yeah, these, these are terrible mobsters. Chevy Chase refers to them uh, without knowing that they're there. Refers to them as hoods, which you know I mm. also care for. But uh, but you know it's it's uh, it's one of several very questionable decisions the mob will make uh, throughout <laughs> this movie. Yeah, and I you know you forget about them up until that point. I think they're like you know what people are going to forget about them. Let's have him. Let's have them just kind of stake out the party. Right, exactly. And instead of just, you know, having them be there and we just kind of pan to them, we get to hear what their favorite guns are, which gun they think will be best to kill him with, which for a children's movie... is dark. 
It's very dark. But the guy in the back, who's the the son, he's like, look, like we have to make this look like it's an accident. Right. We can't just go in there and fucking murder him in front of nine people. Yeah. It's so good. So one guy has his fucking head on his shoulders. And so, yeah. Um, they, I mean, I, I know I'm assessing people who are trying to kill Chevy Chase. Well, you know, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> the idea, but... <clears throat> go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say that what this all comes out to is the next day Chevy Chase has to go into court and the, the, the face paint has burned his burned into his skin. And that's embarrassing <sighs> by itself, but it's a, it's an indigenous people's land rights trial. <laughs> Oh, not okay. But we get to see our first native actor and the only native actor. And I believe our last one, yes. <laughs> yes, and he plays the plaintiff and uh, calls out that it's offensive. Like, your, that he has your honor, on. this is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and so Chevy gets called to his boss's office and he's like, dude, you can't have war paint on your face. Haven't you heard of political correctness? Yeah. Um, and so it's like putting Chevy Chase's job on the rocks. Like he's yeah. he's a U.S. attorney. That's like a really fucking big deal. That's a really big deal. And he's been spending he's been spending so much time with JTT and the Indian guides that he is neglecting his job, and it's yeah. starting to show. And his boss is like, "You got to get your priorities in order." So now we got a bigger conflict for bigger conflict. Chevy. So he goes back to the loft. He's he's thinking of ending things with Farrah Fawcett. But then, he overhears JTT's evil plan. Wait, no, hold on. He's not yeah. going to end things with Farrah Fawcett because they're in love. He's going to end things with JTT and the Indian guides because he doesn't oh, give a fuck okay. about this kid. Okay, okay, fair enough. He wants to He wants to fuck the mom. He doesn't give a fuck about the kid. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> um, the but point yeah, is, does, yeah, yeah, he overhears him, right? JTT's like, this is good. We're destroying him slowly. He'll be back in Tacoma by tomorrow. Nobody gets to fuck my mom. And so... <laughs> and he rubs his eggs together. Rubs the eggs together. And like so, some stress balls. So... so yeah, but he's really butthurt about it. Like, yeah. uh, in a in a normal movie, he would hear it, and then he would come up with his own plan. But in this case, he's actually really butthurt about it, because he is genuinely trying to it's be like, he's on like, JTT's I'm, team. I'm going to be the best fucking Indian. <laughs> that there ever was and that that's literally like what he does yeah so, he goes to george went and he's like i need advice because i know that you're also a stepdad i need to be a better stepdad and george went is like the sweetest most loving man and he's just like don't give up that's it yeah and so chevy chase is like don't give up don't give up got it so you're saying hire an indigenous person to tell our Indian guides how to do a rain dance. <laughs> to Marky Mark? No, no, it wasn't Marky Mark. No, it was everybody dancing it. Yes, right. And and they do. And so they he do. shows up and he's like, I'm going to teach you how to do a rain dance. And then I'm going to also be the start of a montage. Yes. Yeah, so we have a montage to everybody dance now. They learn to rain dance. They learn how to throw axes, which is cool again now, by the way. Uh, yes, learn... it is. Because you can get drunk while you do it, which isn't, it doesn't make sense to me. No, it seems unbelievably dangerous. Um, and so, <laughs> uh, so uh, you know, you have this montage of like this group of white guys in sweatpants that includes George Went and Chevy Chase, like 
doing a rain dance together. Yeah, and they they also are getting slowly better and better at shooting a bow and arrow and yes. throwing the tomahawk and JTT starting to actually genuinely be really into it and this He's is actually where kind the movie of takes a fun. turn. Yeah. Yes, and the movie takes a turn for me personally. I got a little emo, dude. I was you... like genuinely moved that Chevy was putting in that much work to be around JTT and JTT was having a good time. I think if they kept going like I think if the mob didn't <laughs> if the mob wasn't the main part of the third act, you mm-hmm. could have continued along this track and had a more acceptable yeah, yeah. No, I definitely understand that for sure. Because I was like, I got a little emotional when it actually did start to rain. And then right. the native person was like, oh shit, this actually worked. Like, I was like, this is, this is really sweet. Um, so yeah, so so there is a montage. It does end with them making it rain. Um, and I just want to <laughs> remind all of our listeners here, let's remember what we saw in the montage. They're getting better at using bow and arrows. Mm-hmm. They're getting better at throwing axes. So if a time comes later in the movie when they all need to use a lot of weapons very quickly, we've established <laughs> that they can do that now. I'm upset that they didn't use the rain dance. Yeah, that would have been pretty neat. But I do uh, I did love the I do love a choreography moment and there was a really great choreography moment. Seeing George Went and Chevy Chase dance, it's very sweet. Yes. I mean, again, the the charisma of George Went, I think, can go a long way uh yes. in this movie, and it makes up for the uh complete lack of charisma of nineteen ninety-five Chevy Chase. <laughs> yeah. But uh I think the the wholesomeness, like the horniness has gone and the wholesomeness has replaced. The it, horniness is I, coming back. Horniness is coming back. Though. It'll come back, but that <laughs> but this moment is very sweet and I and I feel like this vibe could have been better if they had just like harnessed that. You know what I mean? I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, but I do want to go to the next scene because this line made me laugh out loud, which is Chevy Chase knocking on JTT's door and being like, hey, you want to come downstairs? It's almost time for hard copy, <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is one, extremely mid-90s reference. Two, not a show you watch with an 11-year-old. Well, I mean, he watches Donahue and Geraldo. That's true. He does. He yes. probably loves hard copy. That's true. That's a good point. Um, so... Uh, so there's that. Um, JTT's like, nah, man, I'm cool. Um, I'm he's asleep. Gonna... Oh, he's, he's asleep. And and he's... so Chevy Chase, there's a the... beautiful, wholesome moment, and Chevy Chase covers him with a blanket. Tucks him in, and then he's like, now it's time to fuck Farrah Fawcett. Exactly. They haven't fucked that whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then we get we go back to school, and uh, Monroe is giving JTT a lot of shit about being an Indian guide. And uh, Norm is being jostled about by some some of those horrible bullies who are not indigenous. <laughs> they're white. And they try to st- stuff him into a locker. And JTT's like, I am going to save him. Time and to then... unleash the karate. <laughs> and he does karate, which is like another thing. It's like, why? And he does. And also, he do- when we say he does karate, he doesn't fight them. Like, he no. just does a bunch of kicks and chops eight feet away. It's like, if you remember in 30 Rock when Will Arnett is just going, karate, karate, it's that. 
If and like we, if pop star never never yeah. stop never stopping had been around, they would have underscored this with "I like to kick it." I'm a karate guy. Yes, hey, yes. <laughs> but they did it. That movie hadn't existed yet. Yeah. So, uh, so he gets shoved in a locker too. Is where this all goes. It's a, <laughs> it's a smash cut. It's actually kind of funny. Um, yeah, they're talking to each other through the locker. They're like, "I'm sorry, this didn't work. It's okay. I like having the company. It's very sweet, very wholesome." Yeah. Uh, but then we get to more mob stuff. Yeah. So they're the kids and the Indian guides are getting ready to go on a whitewater canoeing trip. This fucking movie, man. I'm sorry. They're getting ready to go on a whitewater canoeing trip. The last person they're waiting on is Chevy Chase. Of course. And, and he promised. That's he a really promised. big part of J- why JTT is butthurt about his dad because his dad promised he would come visit and he never did. And yes. so Chevy's like, I promise to go with you on this trip. Yes. But he can't because what happens is <laughs> Chevy Chase is... Re- so a couple things are happening. Right. But it starts with this. Chevy Chase is running late. He's in his car speeding towards the pickup point for the canoe trip. Um, as it turns out, <laughs> the mob has cut his brakes. So uh, he can't break. And as it turns out, he is on the one road in (laughs) seattle that is a continuous nine mile downhill path so so at no point is his car going to stop uh even though he's not he's like not hitting the gas at all at no point is his car going to stop until he is in the pacific ocean (laughs) and so uh, but he survives he survives so his car goes like off a dock and here's my biggest complaint with them. Okay. The three mobsters. Get out of the car and get try to see what car, happens? Run out onto the dock to be like, hey, did that guy die after we <laughs> cut his brakes? <laughs> and, and when I say like, oh, were they just, did they like kind of blend in with the onlookers? They're wearing fucking shark skin suits. <laughs> like, out of, you cut someone's brakes so that they'll die when you're not around. Like, if you want to see them die, just shoot them in the head. Says an Italian to another Italian. <laughs> They're just saying it's insane to me. These are the worst fucking mobsters. These are the only mobsters Chevy Chase can outsmart. And he does, but we'll get into that. But the 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 part about this that I didn't like is that Chevy Chase, obviously, he doesn't make it to JTT, and they leave him. They leave JTT because he can't go without a dad, which I think is mean. And so JT goes, JTT goes home, and then Chevy Chase comes home completely drenched, and then doesn't tell them the truth. <laughs> He's like, I had car trouble. <laughs> yeah, you did. Like, and I think I think he knows at this point, right? Like that it was yeah. the mob. Or he 100%. certainly he certainly assumes because he goes and talks to his boss afterwards. Yeah, and his boss is like, Yeah, it's definitely a hit. It's like, do you want witness protection? Like Yeah. And so, um so he knows that and he doesn't tell his family. And I guess on the one hand, I can understand not wanting to freak them out. Right. But on the other hand, you're soaking wet and 
Your car is gone. And your car has disappeared. So maybe give him something more than I had car troubles. Yeah. And also JTT, obviously, super, 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 super butthurt that yes. he didn't show up. He was bonding with him. He was really excited to be participating with him. And then he let he breaks a promise. And then weird shit happens. He shows up wet. <laughs> like... I think you can you could tell a and little bit like, of like not like Farrah Fawcett in her thirties wet. We're talking no, no, no. physically like, actually wet. Yeah, not like slippery floor wet. We're talking like <laughs> drenched suit wet. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that he could have been he could have given a little bit more information, but he couldn't have because then we wouldn't get to the third. Yeah, act, act three, motherfuckers. So uh, <laughs> they go for the 4th of July camping trip in the woods. Chevy Chase has refused to have, like, the federal marshals protect him. He's going to go on this trip because he promised JTT and he wants to keep the promise this time. So they go camping. The three mobsters follow him and are the Italians just are camping. sitting in the woods in, again, full three-piece suits. <laughs> Watching what from a distance. what a choice! The I director's just... like, no, no, no. I definitely need them to be in suits. How else are people going to know they're Italian? Okay, <laughs> so let's get wardrobe over here. Let's make it happen. Come on, we're losing daylight. <laughs> this guy doesn't have his suspenders on. Somebody get the <laughs> suspenders. <laughs> so, uh, so we get some like there's some slapstick with setting up the tent. Literally uh, slapstick because they're slapping each other <laughs> with sticks. Uh, and then we have, like, the campfire scene, um, uh, which could have been really sweet. It could have. Because there was a, a great moment where George Went is like, doesn't get much better than this. They're out uh, outside of the fire, being guys being dudes, having snacks. Guys being dudes. Be- it's actually a very nice moment. It's a very nice moment. And then Chevy Chase is like, I'm Chevy Chase. And I'm going to do something fucking horrible. So Chevy Chase, and this is supposed, let me just preface this by saying this is supposed to be a very sweet moment in the film. Yeah. It's supposed to be him extending the olive branch to JTT. So Chevy Chase tells this thinly veiled story about himself and Jonathan Taylor Thomas getting to know each other better and coming to respect and love each other. But- he says it all in weird, stilted Native American talk. Ugh. And and one of the kids in the Indian guides is like, but that's not how actual Indians speak. And he's like, yes, but I say for comedic effect. Right. Once there was Horrifying. squatting dog. Squ- squatting dog. Uh, brave, brave, strong man loved squad and he just like keeps going with it and i like to think the kids saying real native americans don't talk like that is like something the director had already said five times yeah. and then and then they were like look we need to write this into the script because <laughs> he refuses to drop the bit <laughs> it's his chevy's choice it's a 3c it's a chevy chase choice yes so uh, I do appreciate that the story includes a re- Chevy Chase not to have squaw in long time. He have to dial a lot of one nine hundred not numbers, which is, uh, is which is what we had before porn. Uh, we right. I, I think we still have it now, but like there's there's also porn. Uh, yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and uh, the, he also call gives his mom the he's horny the lady who he's horny for for a faucet. He calls her lots of hair. 
Which, okay, it's fair or faucet. Fine. It's fair or faucet. It. It's fine. But also, like, okay. <laughs> Honestly, when you consider the choices Chevy Chase could have made, this is actually, like, one of the less offensive. <laughs> little wings, mom. Big titties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, little, little wings, mom, would hit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they've had to go with a PG version of it. Yeah. But JTT gets it, but he's pissed. Yeah. And so he he walks off and he's just like, fuck this guy. Yeah. And so he walks off and, you know, he's just getting getting some water at the stream. And he sees three men in sharkskin suits. <laughs> saying, Who are fishing with their bare hands. Fishing with their bare hands. At bare hands and you know jtt you see this look on his face like oh no the filthy italians have infiltrated the woods but he <laughs> but some of the lines of dialogue that the italians say and i wrote these down oh, is yay. just like are we ready to kill this sturgis guy sturgis is chevy chase's character it's like if you yeah, were, they don't call him chevy chase in the yeah, movie if if you were good at arranging car accidents sturgis would be dead right now just like them just going like let's list all the crimes that we've done and plan to do in the future <laughs> horrifying it's so stupid and so jtt hears it and he runs back and he's like oh my god there are these three italians in the stream and i'm really scared they say they're gonna kill you and chevy chase is like ah yes i've been expecting this yeah so let's have our children fight the mob uh <laughs> which is what everyone agrees on uh, for that's the plan is we're going to fight them head on and our children are going they have guns we don't mm -hmm. right uh they could kill us in a matter of minutes uh and our children uh to whom we are responsible we all have families back home they could kill us instantly our plan is going to be to stay put and see if we can outwit them yes and so what they do is they listen to nature, like a true Indian guy would. And they look for answers from Mother Earth. And what they hear is a beehive. Yeah. So it's going to be the bees. Um, so The bees! The bee Nick Cage no, voice. Not the bees! So JTT, uh, JTT gets a beehive, throws it at him. Uh, pretty good. Uh, the mobster solution is not to run away from the beehive, it is, it is coming at them, but to stare at each other and yell the word <laughs> beehive. They're biting me, they're biting me, Tony. <laughs> Who says biting? God damn it. They're, they're supposed to be dumb. It's just, uh, anyways, like at least Shark Tale, you had like Michael Imperioli was in Shark Tale. <laughs> We can't compare the two because Shark Tale is obviously a superior film. Yeah, you know what? To I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. Yeah, it is. When uh, it comes to Italian representation, I feel like Shark Tale is more accurate. Shark <laughs> Shark Tale is more positive. It's it's, more the the Italian the Italians learn something from each other. There's also a Catholic funeral in it when the, that's so I, fucking I can't, weird. I can't that's stop so, thinking that's about it. So weird. I can't stop thinking about when they put the casket, they like open the casket and the shark just the floats. The body just floats up. <laughs> anyways. Uh, the, Unbelievably good. Anyways, so th they eventually get cornered by the mob and the mob ties up Chevy Chase and Jonathan Taylor Thomas, puts them and ties them up in front of an abandoned mine. And Chevy with Chase. With dynamite. With dynamite. 
they're gonna they're going to explode their bodies and <laughs> and, and there's Chep- a line from one of the italians that like i had to write down <laughs> which was if i wasn't gonna kill the two of yous and i don't even i don't even know what the second half of that because that made me spit well <laughs> i remember chevy chase being like he's like i gotta again i think this was his choice he's like i'm gonna get a wisecrack in here and he's Mm. he's like really abandoned mine is so boring and it's like at this point i'm like okay if you're in the mob you shoot the two of them in the head exactly right now five seconds it's the fucking it's the fucking um dr evil in austin powers one where he's like, I'm going to put them in an easily escapable situation featuring an overly elaborate and exotic death. And Seth Green has to be like, no, I have a gun in my room. We can just shoot him right now. <laughs> Unbelievable. And so they light the dynamite and step away. <laughs> they step away kind of far away. And then the the dynamite, the the little flame is getting really close to the sticks of dynamite cartoonishly. And then a, an arrow comes out of nowhere and snuffs the fire. (laughs) Yeah. Because remember, everybody learned how to shoot bows and arrows. Yes. And that was the clown, the dad clown, silent thunder. Silent thunder. His real name is Lloyd. (laughs) (laughs) So Basically, they they end up uh, overpowering the mobsters with their bows and arrows and tying them up. And uh, and that's kind of it. I really wouldn't have sent the children towards the men with the guns. Uh, no. But they do. No. And yeah. There was a cool moment where one of the mobsters is standing very still against a wall because he's supposed to, because that's what the director told him to do. And then the, ki- and the kids shoot the arrows at him, so his suit gets stuck yes. in the wall. It's all very choreographed and very um, stilted, but it was fun. <laughs> it's, uh, the Italian's power lies in his suit, so. <laughs> his Des- armor was, uh, what is it, compromised. Yeah, destroy the suit, destroy the man. And so, <laughs> so uh, there's not much left in this movie. I mean, the resolution is we, we cut to a wedding on the, yeah. on the Puget Sound. Uh, with, yes, and uh, then Enigma's return to innocence plays. Yes, and uh, I would say most upsetting: the cake toppers at the wedding are, mm-hmm. in fact, a an indigenous American chief and his squaw, representing once again Chevy Chase and Farrah Fawcett. Yeah. Uh, there's a really long narration from Jonathan Taylor Thomas at the end. At no point does he say, "But I was the real." man of the house <laughs> i wish that it i mean imagine if it imagine how much more imagine how much better of a mood i would be in if the movie <laughs> had ended that way no that would have been this amazing we did we get we got a little uh this is what happened to everybody after everything happened so uh norm is the kid yeah. is uh it still gets along with his stepdad George Went and he's a kid on the inside the clown climbs over people instead of just walking in front of them to get to his seat and like causes a huge disruption Monroe the black friend might become an indian guide <laughs> very exciting and also Farrah Fawcett is happy and horny walks down the aisle and then they fucking go at it yeah 
And and JTD's happy. He really likes Chevy Chase now. So, I mean, it all works out. It's a Disney family comedy. They end up remarried and happy at the end. That's how most of these things work. Um, But I have a a new segment, Nadia, that I I want to try with you. Uh, And it's a game. It's a very, very simple game. You can probably guess the rules from the title of the game. Uh, The title of the game is, Are There Sequels? Ooh, uh, so I like this. Nobody uh, minds nostalgia quite like the Walt Disney Company. And so I'm going to give you three movies, including our selection today. And for each one, uh, you have to guess whether or not a sequel was made. For them. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm ready. So your first selection, of course, is today's, uh, today's movie. Uh, was there a sequel to Man of the House? No. There was not. That is correct. This movie did uh, exceptionally poorly at the box <laughs> office. Uh, it did not have a second life on cable or VHS. Uh, it was very poorly reviewed. Everybody hated it. Uh, weirdly, there was a different movie called Man of the House in 2005. I, I referenced it earlier where Tommy Lee Jones, it was also a, a slapstick comedy. Tommy Lee Jones plays a U.S. Marshal charged with protecting a sorority house full of cheerleaders at UT Austin uh, because those cheerleaders inadvertently witnessed a murder. Uh, Christina Milian and Cedric the Entertainer co-star. It's not great. It is better than this movie. Uh, Okay, your second second film. Was there a sequel to previous Probably Shoulda selection, George of the Jungle? Yes. There was... Six years after the original. Now, here's the real question. <laughs> did they get Brendan Fraser to be in it? No. They did not. Did they get Leslie Mann to be in it? Yes. They did not. Oh! Did they get Thomas Hayden Church to be in it? I would say yes. Yeah, he was around. Uh, so <laughs> Was he the villain? Yes. Oh, um, hell yeah. He's so good. So, yeah, six years after the original, they did not get Brendan Fraser. Um, but Thomas Hayden Church and John Cleese... Uh, did return for the film. George was played by an actor named Christopher Showerman, who is not in anything else. Uh, okay, final final selection. Uh, and this one is a Disney animated film. They're Ooh, all di- okay. they're all they're all Disney movies, by the way. For the entire season, they're all going to be Disney movies. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, this is a, a 1998 film, kind of on the tail end of Disney's uh, Renaissance. Was there a sequel to Mulan? Oh, yes. There was. There was a straight-to-video Mulan 2 uh, in 2004. Uh, Ming-Na Wen did come back to uh, reprise her role as Mulan. Lucy Liu and B.D. Wong uh, were in this as well. Uh, Eddie Murphy did not come back. Uh, oh. he, he was making uh, Shrek money at this point, so... <laughs> Uh, so, yes, Disney will try to make a sequel to anything. Uh, and it's interesting to see the things that they choose not to make sequels to, including this movie. Uh, so, with that in mind, Nadia, do our friends at commonsensemedia.org have anything to say about this? No, because I accidentally <laughs> read all of the reviews for the Tommy Lee Jones movie. <laughs> I was like, Tommy Lee Jones wasn't in this. I just, like, kept reading it's the like, reviews. It's like, I would have recognized him. <laughs> like was he one of the italians (laughs) 
Yeah, but that doesn't exist on Common Sense Media because it seems like I was the only person who ever watched this movie when it came out. <laughs> it feels like. I There's very little about this movie out there. Yeah, so I think we're gonna be we're gonna be the only podcast that ever talks about it. <laughs> yeah, it's this is it's the same. We're America's leading scholars on this movie, and Stewart <laughs> saves his family. <laughs> like I just feel like when Amazon saw my rental come through for Stewart saves his family, were they just like, "What the fuck is this guy's problem"? <laughs> Oh, man, I am really honored to go down this memory hole with you. There's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be incredible. It really is. <laughs> I think it was really cool to revisit another Chevy Chase project that was, I mean, you can't say that The Three Amigos was bad because Martin Short and Steve Martin make it incredible. Yeah. But this one, if they if we didn't have the charisma of JTT... I don't think this would have done as well as it did, which it didn't even do that well. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, it, charisma of JTT, but also I think George Went helps a lot in this. Um, I think he was a, a big part of, you know, what made what little of this movie work, work. Like the campfire scene and the rain dance scene are like the two scenes that work. Right. Yes. And right. so I think part of that is George Went too. I agree. I agree. I, the also, Just the ensemble of it all. I do love a good ensemble comedy in general. I think that's why most TV shows are that are very successful usually are ensembles because you could yeah. just like hop around throwing your zip zap zopping. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I think that's exactly. really, really great. But when you're like, okay, Chevy Chase, you're in charge of this whole thing. You kind of, you kind of lose it. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, with, with that in mind, we have I've already watched the first three movies for this season. We have some incredible picks. Truly, <laughs> I have so much to say. And you guys might be saying, uh, well, surely you're not going to do another movie with a really problematic depiction of indigenous people right away, right? <laughs> um, and you'll have to tune in next week to see what the answer is. So until then, folks, you can support the show at... Uh, Kofi, ko-fi.com slash probably shoulda. We're probably shoulda at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, please subscribe. Please like us. Please leave reviews. We'll see you next week. Bye! Louie, Louie. Oh, we gotta go. Louie, iconic rock songs of the early rock and roll era of 1950s it was